Welcome to the Board Game Community Show, where we talk to people throughout the board game community. Self-explanatory. I'm your host, Riley Stock, and today we have Bevan. Hello. How's it going? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, no, it's um, a quiet day. I finally got an afternoon away from the, the family for a minute. <laughs> That's uh, nice in itself. I mean, I love them, but you know, you, you do want a bit of a break sometimes. Yeah. How long have you been married? Uh, ooh. That's a very good question. Um, uh, eleven years, I think. I'm gonna get crucified now. Yep. Hey, <laughs> a while, right. a little while, yeah. So. <laughs> hey, an estimate—that's all they can ask for, right? That, that, that's the best I can give them, unfortunately. <laughs> Feels like forever. You can't imagine life without them, right? Ex- perfect. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yep. Can't imagine life without. Them. <laughs> and how many kids do you have? Uh, two um they're quite little they're both very sort of very precocious uh, into everything <laughs> so i've had to shut the door and, and warn them don't come in while daddy's recording so. <laughs> nice hey it's yeah. fine it's not a video like that have you seen that tv interview where the kid just wanders in and then the mom like crawls in to get <laughs> yeah. the kid during a tv interview yeah uh, that was fantastic it's just the look on her face as well. I was like, oh. <laughs> yep and him just like trying to carry on and then at some point he just pauses and stares at the camera while she takes care of it and it's like what <laughs> like either just keep going or like take care of it either way yeah exactly <laughs> the damage is done just just get it done quickly <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> cool. are you are is anyone in your family uh board gamers as well uh yeah so my wife will play uh, plays a lot of board games with me we mostly try and play um co-op games uh we we're both very competitive so <laughs> when it comes to to board gaming so what we try and do is go for like the co-op one so we're really into uh when we play together things like the unlock series they're a oh, lot yeah. of fun um what else have we played unlocks the exits we really enjoyed those um i tried to get the bloodborne board game on the table as a, as a co-op uh, unfortunately uh-huh. it, was a, it was a bit of a miss that one it was um just too much dice rolling i think uh, not dice rolling uh too much random stuff turning up so yeah yeah no i wasn't a big fan of that but yeah more, more on the co-op side if we can get away with it nice. uh, for me so... personally it's more euros so yeah oh. i like a bit of everything very nice do you guys play pandemic uh we did a while ago we had um pandemic cthulhu um mm. which we've not played for a long time i must admit um Oh, it must have been about three or four years now since we last play, played that. But yeah, no, we've we've played. Uh, Pandemic was okay. Yeah, um, I think we found the the randomness a little bit uh, sort of too much for us in terms of like the card playing thing. I know you can kind of like predict sometimes what things might be turning up, but I think from from our perspective, we like games that are a little bit more kind of predictable. Yeah, that makes sense. What What about yourself? Are you more into sort of the co-ops or the bigger games? Oh or? yeah, co-op is my jam. That is where I like I resonate. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm in general, like I play video games and and board games. It's just like I like working together, and I'm not super competitive. And I think that's why is like I I'll throw a victory if it means somebody else can have fun winning. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, I I tend to do that with the kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, that really makes life there a bit easier because unfortunately, my my daughter she's she's six, so she's kind of picking these things up. But she's more mm. um like she's really into board game. But we which as again we're trying to play more co-ops. We recently picked up um well sort of straying away from board games. The My Little Pony, uh the oh what's it called, Tales of Equestria, the 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 RPG game. 
and oh. she's absolutely loving it. it's like a, a soft intro into rpgs for her and she's really enjoying like the storytelling because she loves like she loves the tell that you know the telling of stories and getting information and i get to do my silly voices and yeah yeah let's <laughs> hear one perfect <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so um yeah <laughs> i'm um oh, what character am i playing I'm, I'm the i'm the dm so i'm currently playing a character called sunny saddle she's like a uh I don't know how you describe her. She's she's looking after a bunch of archaeologists, so she's very kind of like cowboy sounding, uh, yeehaw that kind of thing. Folksy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she's you know very much you know I got my brothers and I'm looking after them. And it's like that that kind of accent. And she absolutely <laughs> she loves it. She loves the whole story because then she can put on accents as well, and it just sort of. Um, I don't know. It gives her the the almost the license, almost the uh, you know the unspoken agreement that she can be as as a different person. You know, someone's silly and talk about anything she likes, and it's yeah, yeah. We're really enjoying that. So that's that's been fantastic as well. That was a really good American accent. <laughs> oh, sorry. I really hope I've not offended anybody. No, no, uh, I thought it was good. I was like, that's uh, like a good like. It, yeah, it was solid. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's um one of the few advantages of um spending your early life sort of following your dad around with the army was that i just didn't pick up an accent um oh. so i kind of got i've got like a, a flat completely non non accented british voice kind of thing, <laughs> which is makes it a bit strange but it does mean you sort of pick up what other people are speaking but unfortunately it hasn't i've got i don't know about yourself you get this sort of nasty habit of when you speak to um people you start to sort of absorb their accent and almost start talking it back to them as, and i really it's something i really have to watch out for because unfortunately you know you never know when you might uh, offend someone by sort of talking <laughs> back to them in their own in their own accent um so yeah gotta be careful yeah that makes sense i was like a weird nerdy kid and so like i started mirroring the way people spoke from a very young age and i had to like learn not to do that with accents because it comes off very offensive <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely yeah um <laughs> you've got to be so careful um, plus i'm terrible at them so <laughs> oh i see <laughs> oh no i didn't I, I wouldn't say i was any good either <laughs> just a few that i can get away with but um yeah no it's yeah very strange that's a, that's a weird tangent i don't know where we got with that one <laughs> no that's all right i mean the we uh the point of this podcast is like getting to know people beyond board games too so like oh, just okay. getting to know people within the hobby but make it feel like uh you know people you know hmm. oh lovely i mean obviously it's a board game we're all into board games so that's where it's going to be centralized cool so you okay. do tinkerbot games right you uh, we do yeah so i'm the uh, well we don't have roles as such but i do more of this sort of design work in uh for tinkerbot games so um we had a game called ghostal that was on kickstarter about I want to say four, five years ago, sort of like it was quite a while ago, um, uh -huh. and that was that was a sort of a success for us, and we we managed to publish that game. Um, a year later, we did the expansions for it that we were hoping to unlock during the first campaign, uh, and unfortunately, in the interim, we've kind of been hit by real life a little bit too hard. So <laughs> uh, a lot of the Tinkerbot game stuff kind of backburnered, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's myself and uh, Gino Brancasio. He's the the sort of he's the more businessy, um, uh, what, what would you call it, like organisational minded kind of person. So he's more he more keeps us running essentially, and I just go off and dream and do the <laughs> do the crazy ideas. Yeah, uh, you gotta hmm. have that. It's that's a good uh, it's a good balance to have the two. It is absolutely yeah. You don't want to have two dreamers and then nothing get done. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
But you guys do have something that you're planning on. Are you planning on launching it this year? Hopefully, yes. Um, we we attempted it last October. This is the the, the spiritual successor, if you'll excuse the pun, for um, for <laughs> Ghostal, uh, called Haunter Culture. So this one is it's it's basically. Uh, the story of Ghostal was like uh, the ghosts were haunting the the house and they were scaring all the guests back out of this sort of haunted house slash hotel kind of thing. Uh, and that mission has been accomplished by the end of Ghostal. So for the sequel, the ghosts have been tasked with fixing up the gardens. And unfortunately, because the, you know, the garden implements, the, the ghosts can't just pick them up. They can't just sort of run a lawnmower or anything like that themselves. <laughs> so they, they have to hire the previous sort of monstery gardeners from like days gone. So they get like zombies and ghouls and skeletons and all sorts of stuff to do the gardening for them um and yeah so it's it's an unusual theme i think <laughs> sort of yeah zombie gardeners and stuff um gives you sort of was it the uh was it plants versus zombies strong vibes of that so <laughs> yeah that sounds like, really um, charming it has like a charming tone to it oh lovely thank you yeah um we hope so <laughs> yeah Yep. Uh, not too gory, obviously. Uh, we want to make sure it's it's fairly family friendly as well. Not like exploding heads and hearts popping out everywhere. Um, yeah, classic dead people stuff, right? Or zombies exa- and <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the sort of the campy. Uh, what do they call the horror hammer horrors? No, that might be too far. But those kind of monsters, yeah. So we got we've got werewolves. We've got werewolves that fetch. So that's quite a fun thing. They they oh. go and, they go and grab stuff for you. So that's quite nice. Uh, the mummies like to build stuff because obviously you know they were involved with the pyramids and <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and what else we got? The vampires yeah. were just super fast. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's a bit of an unusual. So it's I, I I struggle to kind of define it a little bit because of the the mechanics within it. I kind of think of like three D bidding. Is what is the chief mechanic in it? Because the the idea of like um, you place your gardener into this this sort of tableau on the middle of the table and try and bid for plant and ornament tiles to build your little garden segment with. Um, but there's also like uh, elements of where you place them interacts with other monsters in the garden. So if you've got like oh. several zombies in like a row, they'll trigger a special ability on the zombies or the skeletons or the werewolves depending on where you place your monster within the garden, and you may get like additional benefits. Um, so there's a lot of like trying to make sure that you don't leave openings for other players whilst at the same time trying to capitalize on their openings as well um yeah it's a bit of an unusual little duck that one but yeah we we're, we're hoping to try and launch it again this october uh my my business partner he he recently had another child so he's kind of uh <laughs> disappeared off the radar a little bit just to get back get his head back into sort of you know dirty nappies and late nights and that kind of thing yeah um, so <laughs> yeah it's keeping well, it pretty busy <laughs> it's important stuff i guess shouldn't neglect your children exactly <laughs> yeah there's there's um there's a lot of work to be involved, a lot of work involved uh but yeah so we're we're um yeah we're gearing up for that but it's it's a bit of a slow burn we're trying we're trying to sort of uh build up a bit of a community around it again and uh speak to people and get it play tested and try and come up with some new interesting ways to uh sort of rebuild the kickstarter as it works i I don't know if you saw the the first one um i looked through it yeah i I wasn't on kickstarter at the time like why i didn't even know kickstarter was a thing until like 2018 ah right i see okay so um yeah so haunted culture we tried to launch last year and unfortunately the the gap between sort of 2016 and now we completely misunderstood how different the sort of kickstarter environment was um back when we first had a go we had incomplete artwork we had incomplete 
assets you know the gameplay was all there and the rulebook was ready to go but there was very much like a uh sort of indie i've got most of it done i need a little bit of help and money to sort of push it over the edge kind of uh vibe going on yeah um, and uh, we we thought it would be the same this year, but uh, sorry, last year, 2020. But it turns out it's it's so much more difficult than that. You need to have a complete product or an almost complete product before you can launch. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of our artwork was still in progress when we were putting it together. Mm. Um, so I think that was the biggest one of the big reasons we didn't fund. Unfortunately, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, now when I see something and it doesn't have artwork even just samples of artwork or something it just seems more like an idea i'm like well this doesn't seem like a guarantee yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly. unfortunate because it's a like you think the name kickstarter like no we're here to help you get there so i'm it's fun to hear that it used to be that way uh yeah i mean you used to be able to throw up pretty much any idea and something would happen <laughs> like you'd you'd get some traction but yeah no it's 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 interesting it's definitely something we're trying to to work with um there's other elements as well like exclusives people like to know that by backing it now they're going to get something some additional benefit than just waiting for it to go to the shops yeah um, so trying to give that extra value as well that's been interesting trying to figure out the best ways to give backers that value without kind of leaving yourself open to some of the incidents that happen where that's completely sync kickstarters where they'll have like you know oh we'll throw in a metal coins and we'll throw in a miniature and we'll throw in 20 extra cards and then it comes round to it and it's like oh we're out of money oh well yeah. never mind <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i don't know it's it's i still think kickstarter is a great thing i think as as an entity as a as a a promise uh, sorry, not a promise a premise i think it's still a fantastic idea um, but it is very much more geared towards established designers and established publishers. And I think the marketing budgets that are required now can be quite prohibitive if you want to do really, really well. But then I guess it comes down to your sort of own measure of success, I suppose. Like, what, what would you consider a success? Yeah, that's true. I mean, some people, it's just hitting that goal is enough to get them there. And, and they're really excited and thrilled about that. And other people, it's like, no, that goal was like, if I just hit that goal, then I failed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my days. Yeah, I think it was recently a Kickstarter with um, miniatures, and they, they'd hit their target and gone right past it, and then they pulled it anyway. Um, and it was very I, – I keep it, it kept um, happening, didn't it? I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember the name of the project. But was it Bloodstone? Possibly. Um, yeah, and it's just this, this interesting new dynamic that's sort of grown in the last few years of like, oh, I need to fund within the next – 20 minutes or the first 20 minutes to to be a success and i need to overshoot by like 200 percent or something um, yeah it is really interesting to see that like bloodstone was one that funded and it was doing really really well and i was, I was kind of watching it like kind of curious about it and then for whatever reason they pulled it and they said like i think it was based on feedback and they're like you know based on your guys' feedback we've got a little more stuff to work on and add so we're just going to pull it, even though we funded and we're well above our goal. Yeah, I was a bit. Oh, oh, yes, I think you're absolutely right. Yes, that was a bit of an unusual one. But I, I seem to remember them coming, coming online and being very kind of trying to be very honest and transparent about the reasons for doing it, weren't they? Um, yeah. So that was that was interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, to me, it always strikes me as like the best option is always to make sure you, your bases are covered. But yeah maybe i'm again <laughs> this is like this is 
Bevan Clatworthy five years ago who thought Kickstarter was done this way and it's quite clearly not done that way anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I need to have a complete revision. So, um, yeah, it's been the lessons. There's a lot of lessons learned from, yeah. from a ago. Well, it's interesting seeing some of the people like uh, Red Raven Games. They're here in Utah. I'm in Utah. I didn't say that, I don't think. But uh, he's going away from Kickstarters now. But then you have other people that are well-established, like Come On, and they'll just, I think they're lifelongers, you know? Like, even though I'm sure they have the capital to just invest in a game and put it out, they much prefer the Kickstarter method. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it brings a lot of eyes, doesn't it? It's um, and it's, it's it's the risk. The risk is sort of really offset by making sure that you know you've already basically paid for everything and sold it. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is quite nice. Um, yeah. But so, cure. Uh, it sounds like. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I just blinked the name. Uh, Haunt a culture. Yep. <laughs> I kept thinking of ghost still, uh, or ghost tell is it ghost tell or ghostal uh see we we don't tell anybody <laughs> we just let people figure it out we honestly i i've heard it said several i've heard gostal that was another one that was really good um but we we don't we don't mind we don't care as you know our one of our mottos is design build tinker it's just make it what nice. you want of it so <laughs> that yeah. makes sense because i was reading it and i was like well is it is it a mixture of ghost and hotel or over there, you've got hostels. We don't really have that in America. Mm-hmm. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. it could be ghost and hostel. Oh, gee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well yep. played, my friend. <laughs> uh, but that had semi-cooperative aspects to it, right? It did, yes. Um, yeah, so in for, for people who may not know, it was the, the dice placement was... sorry so the guests in the hotel had to have a certain number of pips of dice placed on them but it was the combined pips between all the different players it was just whoever donated the most pips would get the highest score from scaring that guest um so yeah there was a lot of kind of like well if i go here would are you going to come here as well and you get a lot of sort of uh like table talk where people will say yeah yeah i'll I'll definitely help you out with this six pip dice i've got and then suddenly they just no i'm going up this way instead (laughs) and i'll leave you high and dry um so yeah no it had a lot of that sort of semi-co-op table banter which i really enjoy during games you know i don't don't like games where you kind of sat there and everybody's silent and thinking and cogitating um which is really weird because my favorite style of game is euros and that's that tends to be what happens (laughs) yeah this one haunted culture is do you have any co-op aspects of that or semi-co-op sort of um there is the sort of adjacency based on where you like place your monster as i said like so so the idea is that you've got a grid in the middle of the table with tokens around the outside and you can either be sorry when you place your monster it'll have like a, a bidding value essentially so like how good at gardening that particular monster is um so by placing it into this grid you're bidding not only on the tokens in the same row as you but the same column uh, where there's a sort of almost semi-co-op a- aspect is where the monsters also interact based on where you place them within the grid in terms of like the like tic-tac-toe. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get like three in a row of, say, zombies, the person who places the third zombie in that row or column or diagonal also triggers the zombie's special ability um, and gets like an extra bonus. Uh, so there is a, there's a kind of semi-co-op-y nature to it there, but it's, more, it's a lot more... Um, accidental <laughs> like yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the time you're planning to try not to give 
stuff away so yeah yeah that makes sense like you're you may have missed that oh if i put this zombie here then i've opened it up to them getting the three in a row Hmm. unless you want to play unless you want to play nice and make sure they get the tokens they need but you know a lot of my uh play testers won't do that (laughs) yeah um yeah not quite designed for that or it's uh i mean yeah it's more it's more competitive right exactly yeah more more competitive um it was interesting though in that the we we kept that grid system i mean that ghost all uses a, a three by three grid as well in the middle of the table um and it was one of the things i wanted to try and keep in haunter culture just to sort of give them a bit of crossover make it more of a sequel rather than just uh, another game in the same universe oh yeah um, yeah that makes sense yeah do you have any plans for for uh well i guess is is haunter culture happening outside of this ghost tell exactly yeah so it's happening in the grounds of the same the the same hotel slash haunted house (laughs) so yep all right i need to get both of these and then incorporate it into one game so that it's like i've got my goat i've got to scare guests and then i've got to take care of the grounds on the outside at the same time (laughs) oh wow yeah that would be amazing (laughs) (laughs) because you you mentioned you were a game designer as well weren't you so yeah i'd be super intrigued if you could (laughs) come up with a really cool system to combine the two that'd be amazing there we go (laughs) it it would probably just end up being like okay while you're taking your turn on ghost tell i'll take my turn on haunted culture you know like (laughs) we'll just switch off and so we'll just play two games at once (laughs) amazing oh well as long as it works (laughs) yeah yeah but that would just be lazy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to find a way. Oh, it was something that it's one of those sort of white whales of design is like trying to make that game that's lots of little games all together. I know a friend yeah. of mine is he's trying to put together a game where like you've got the small scale. He's very into like war gaming, so he's trying to do like the small scale skirmishing stuff, and then oh, have yeah. that build up into like large campaigns, and then see if you've also can like take it even further. And it's like um, ships in orbit sort of you know lending hands and things like that oh wow so yeah it's a massive scope i think i think he might be uh trying to do too much in one go but it's yeah such a cool idea and i wouldn't turn anybody off a cool idea like that (laughs) yeah that is really cool that's why it's the white whale right Mm. it's uh indeed yep my friend that i was talking to uh he's he says he does it the other way and he like He'll start on a white whale and he'll be like, oh my gosh, if I can make this work, it'll be so good. And then he ends up whittling it down to like a card game and abandons the big project. (laughs) It's like, you know what? Really, all of this came down to like, I can have this be a 10 minute card game. It's it's more fun. (laughs) Oh, so he's uh, what do they call it? Um, A sculptor rather than a painter. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. No, that's cool. That's a really cool way to be. That's that is one of the big things that i constantly have to treat telling myself is like don't add too much don't keep putting more in <laughs> okay. you know. i was gonna ask are you a painter then yes <laughs> yep definitely a painter yep i start with something really dinky and by the end of it it's all over the wall it's all over the floor it's terrible so yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because most sculptors i feel like they just chisel little things out but it's like he like chiseled it down to a marble you know like just a <laughs> Amazing. He made a miniature out of his his marble. <laughs> I, I bet it was gorgeous, though. I bet it was a gorgeous little miniature out of them. <laughs> the yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, um, so what games was he designing then? Would I know any of them? No, he. Uh, they're not out yet. One of them, 
I don't know that I can even say, but Ooh. one of them, he got signed last year and then the pandemic slowed things down. So All right. oh. it'll be with a pretty well-known publisher. So, Oh, fantastic. Oh, I look when forward it comes to seeing out. It. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll pump it up. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, no, let me know. That'd be fantastic. I love I love interacting with other designers and things. It's one of those it's one of those things that you get excited about and I I don't know it's it it used to be a thing with nerds and geeks anyway, I believe, where it was hard to find people who were as into something as you were. And when you did find them, it was like, <gasps> let it all out. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um were you like have you always been kind of a nerd? Yeah, I, I, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, my my earliest sort of nerdy, nerd, ex, nerding, nerdlings, <laughs> my geekiest experiences. <laughs> I, I, well, I, just, uh, I remember when you way were a back wee nerdling. <laughs> exactly. Yes, when I was a wee nerdling, sat on my father's knee. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> see, that's the funny thing as well. My dad is very much um, uh, like a man's man like you know he's a, he's a tough guy he's yeah. you know very much into but he's also got a little geeky side to him you know i remember sitting up watching him play video games for hours it was uh what was it desert strike on the commodore oh, wow. amiga like way yeah way way back <laughs> it got to the point where like i wanted to get involved so i was like the space bar i fired the rockets that kind of thing oh, <laughs> and it was exactly <laughs> so i'm just thinking Ch -ch -ch -ch. um but um he um he he was one of the ones that helped me sort of paint up my first like Warhammer army and things like that. Like he really got into it, like painting this. Uh, it was a dreadnought from the Space Marines back when they were like basically they looked like a walking tank. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I've I've always been into sort of geeky things. I feel like D and D. I remember playing the the D and D board game uh, Hero Quest when that was out. Space mm. Crusade, I think it was like the the Space Marine version of that. Uh, and I remember being really into all of it, like trying to make up my own campaigns and trying to make up my own characters and stuff like that. Um, it even got to the point where, in my confusion, I ended up buying what I thought was a Magic the Gathering uh, box set kind of thing. And it turned out to just be a magazine that just showed you all the cards from a particular set. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I was so desperate for like nerdy things because it just it wasn't a big thing where I was. Um, I lived in um, Cornwall during my sort of nerdy years. Uh -huh. uh, and there just wasn't a lot of like nerdy shops around. There wasn't a lot of geeky things happening. Um, so it was quite tricky to find these things. But, you know, find them I did and play those games I did and uh, got really into it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think I've always been a geeky kind of person. What about yourself? Have you always been sort of into the nerdy stuff? I have, but I was always like super closeted because I got beat up as a kid being oh no nerdy and whatnot and weird and so <laughs> i learned to like hide that and that's goes back to like matching the way people talk and stuff it was like my defense mechanism was like well i'm not weird if i talk like you you know like or or if i try and have the same hobbies as you but i always was like at home i would play video games all the time i would play yeah board games or make up uh i we me and my brothers we would like uh take zelda from the nes and we would oh, make wow. our own boards and maps and and try and recreate that on paper so that was oh, like fantastic. my first game design type stuff but but i always <laughs> was like very very closeted to the point where like even when i was 16 17 and we would go to the store i would have my brother go and buy the nerd stuff so, like we would buy some like anime and we would buy some 
like Magic the Gathering cards and I would give it to him and he would go pay for it while like I went and just perused and then when he was ready to leave I left with him. <laughs> oh no. I'm so sorry to hear that. I know. Um, <laughs> At least you got the stuff, though. That's the, that's the main thing, know. isn't it? You got the gear. That was, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Let's see, that was, uh, I, I guess I was quite fortunate. A lot of my friends um, sort of took the took the mickey um, out of it, but a lot of them were very much, like, into it themselves. It was the bizarrest thing. Like, the number of people that played, like, uh, like I, I think in America, it's like, you'd call them jocks. Like, they were really into their sports and yeah. um, that kind of thing. But a lot of them were very much like they would take the mickey out of me, like call me things like, you know, Bevan the Barbarian and Wizard Boy and stuff like this. Well, and but then that's it turns badass. out <laughs> I wish. I wish I could live up to it. <laughs> um But it turns out a lot of them were kind of getting it into the into it themselves. It was bizarre. Like it was really oh. strange. It was such a not nurturing, but kind of it was a very British thing to do. You know, you rib people about something, but it turns out you're into it as well and you just all kind of you'll kind of get on with it you know um yeah yeah that is really uh, cool it, it was I, I i i from from hearing some stories yeah i, I feel like uh i was quite lucky <laughs> i could have been a lot it could have been a lot worse um, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i don't regret it it taught me a lot of things you know and and now i'm a lot more comfortable with my nerding out obviously <laughs> <laughs> i would hope so Oh, fantastic. Uh, did you sort of, you, you found the right crowd, I assume, is it that, that sort of situation or? Yeah, I think so. And just more so getting to a point where you're like, you know what, like everybody's different. Everybody likes what they like. And that's okay. Like, I don't love sports. I don't have to. Hmm. I used to go to the bar and, and watch sports all the time with people. And I'm like, I really don't care about this at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I was like, this is how you fit in. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to have nerdy friends and be able to talk about board games and comic books and everything, you know, like D&D. &D. That was one of the things, one of my friends, I didn't know he was a nerd, but we would like hang out and eventually he like brought out D&D &D and it was my first time playing D&D &D in high school. And, and I was like, what in the world is this? Oh gosh, I don't know if I want to do this, but I'll do it because like, because we're friends and, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being a proud nerd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being a proud nerd. It's good. It's good. It is very good. It's and I know it's become it became almost fashionable for a little while. I don't know if it still is to sort of be a geeky, nerdy kind of person, isn't it? It's yeah. um I think it still is. Yeah, I hope I, so. <laughs> I wish I could well, I don't. It would be nice to go back and be a kid now because now it's like everybody's into spider-man everybody's into D, D. you know like there's a there's all this resurgence of nerd culture yeah i think things like was it the the big bang theory and uh we did have the we have one called the it crowd i don't know if that made it over to america oh, yeah the it yeah. crowd's one of our favorites ah fantastic good <laughs> yeah so um yeah i think shows like that kind of they were a bit weird in that they we were still like the butt of the joke you know geeks and nerds were still yeah the, the the butt of the joke as it were but they i don't know it just it definitely helped to make it to normalize it you know make it cool make it you know it's it's okay to have people from what would be perceived as like two different backgrounds and two different sets of interests um and sort of coming together and finding common ground yeah uh, yeah <laughs> i wonder if shows like that helped pave the way you know like i think shows like big bang theory and 
you know, whatever else, Chuck or, or anything like that helped people like normalize the, the culture. Hmm. I, I think so to a, to a degree. I mean, there's, I, I know there would be people out there that would disagree. They would say, you know, Oh, well, <laughs> actually in this thing, if you remember this scene, it was still very much, you know, considered a silly thing or a stupid thing or a, a, yeah. a childish thing. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, from my own perspective, I've encountered a lot less of it since shows like that came out and people just went, Oh, okay. So you're into this kind of board game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's fine. Rather than, you know, back in the day when it, Oh, you like Monopoly. And it's like, well, no, I like this game, this game, this game. And they kind of <laughs> glaze over and then just start walking away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I still feel that way sometimes. Like the other day, somebody asked me what board, like they heard I was into board games and they're like, Oh, what games are you like? And I'm like, Oh, well, like, uh, pandemic and marvel champions and endangered orphans and you're like i start listing things off and they're like oh okay like (laughs) i was thinking blue clue or monopoly yeah uno yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah well hey well there you go times are changing hopefully for the better yeah Yeah. so since you love playing co-op games generally that's what you go for Mm -hmm. do you and you have some semi-cooperative aspects in your game, but do you want to design any co-op games? Uh, I'd like to. Um, the issue I keep encountering is the lack of tension. Uh, I'm, I really struggle like coming up mm. with situations to create that sort of tension. Um, because I, the, 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 what, what you see between players is generally the kind of like that sort of combativeness between the players is what, generally i see as the tension it's one of my real design blind spots i've there's two things i really struggle with is is making sure that there's enough tension in the game and making sure that everyone's moving at the right pace um so i honestly don't know i think i would need to i'd need to have a really interesting idea to to come up with a cooperative of my own uh, and a really cool theme I'm, i generally start with the theme and, and go from there yeah, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I, there's one I'm working on now that has sort of semi-cooperative elements. Um, it's a, a euro based on. Uh, so, so basically, like, there's, there's this world where the, the people in it have figured out how to make robots powered by like elemental crystals. So you get like fire robots and water robots, that kind of thing. You know, they've all got mm. their like elements. They've all got different strengths based on those elements. And then a catastrophe happens that basically infects all of the current. Uh, robots with like a a virus or something and they go mad and drive the 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 people out and then the 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 players themselves are then factions trying to go back in and retake this this land that has been ravaged um and the it's it's based on worker placement where like as the workers go down each each subsequent worker sort of increases the power of is increased in power by what was placed there previously um and it creates this sort of this really nice dynamic where everyone's kind of helping each other inadvertently. But again, it's not it's not full co-op. It's not um, everyone's helping each other because they want to to everyone to win. It's more a case of, well, if you go there, I'm going to follow you to make sure I get a bigger bonus. Kind of yeah. Um, so, <laughs> that yeah, that's really it, interesting. It's 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 my white whale. <laughs> so oh, nice. It's, it's trying to design a euro. I've always designed sort of small uh small games with weird mechanics rather than larger games with like a bit of heft and a bit of meat to them um and this is my first sort of one first attempt at it where i felt like there's an actual game coming out from it so (laughs) i have to see 
but um yeah it's it's weird it, it's it's so strange it's actually caused me to go back into like do some writing um stuff for it, you know like a bit of fluff to go around it as well oh it's one of those sort of very strange big projects that i feel i don't know it might go nowhere like you might <laughs> i might get to the end of like six months ago right that was fun let's do something completely different <laughs> and uh but yeah no it's um full co-op is it's something i can't quite get my head around and i can't quite sort of grasp it so yeah, yeah. well even i mean hearing that i my wheels are turning like oh i could see some turning at co-op you know like because then there could be strategy of like oh i'll put this person here and then you can follow me up there and and you know my guy will die or whatever and and you'll still get that bonus but you know like but that'll set up your character to do better there and my character isn't going to do better there no matter what so you know like i could see some strategic stuff coming out of that oh but now that you yeah. said it like that though that is quite interesting because there's like a, a central map that you're trying to um clear essentially of like bad bad robots that are there and like the land that has been poisoned yeah oh yeah no that's a really cool idea because i could totally see like oh yeah like some way that you've got to that the, the land will start to like repoison itself like it'll react to your actions so you've got to work fast enough to keep that under control whilst at the same time Ooh. Ooh. yes Ooh. <laughs> you <laughs> have you've got the cogs yeah. turning yeah no thank you that's lovely i'm gonna hold on oh i've left my notepad i'll have to write it down later but <laughs> or listen to this again there you go yeah, i'll just, just go back again. and listen to this again fantastic that's now cool. that's really cool and then uh, that can just be an added mode you could still have competitive and co-op oh i love that that's such a cool idea it's very spirit island that feels yeah um that one had a lot of the sort of like you know you've got <laughs> you've got to outrace it before <laughs> before they take over kind of thing yeah that, that, i think that would be really cool i love that theme uh i mean i just like the spiritual gems and golem and I, I mean they're not golems but machines right or robots mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it started off as golems. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> it did. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. It started off as like these golem construct things, um, but unfortunately, someone pointed out that I've been using golems in all my designs for the last <laughs> six months. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll do robots. <laughs> it does both work. What are robots but modern golems? Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Riley said I'm allowed so <laughs> so so what about yourself then what uh, what style of game do you like to design I generally do co-op actually so oh okay that's, that makes sense yeah that's where my mind always wanders to when I play pretty much any game like hmm how can I make this co-op but I'm actually working on one right now I won't talk too much about it because I've talked about it elsewhere um okay <laughs> people can just go listen to it there okay no uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, work. <laughs> yeah my my uh, game that has the most legs right now is a competitive one but it, oh. it's still pretty friendly like it's a pickup and deliver set in outer space so your pickup and delivery locations are always rotating around the sun and moving oh i love that <laughs> so, yeah i was like so you have to kind of predict your pathways is that uh... yeah Exactly. And then there's like random element or random events that happen and can change the layout and uh, affect how you have to approach certain things. So, Ooh. but, and it's funny, actually, that one, I, 
I wanted to try and think of some sort of co-op aspect to it. Uh, and there's not like a lot of mean things you can do in it. So it's pretty friendly. It's not like you can, you know, you don't have guns on your ship. So you can't go shoot and destroy and steal people's <laughs> cargo or you just eh, interact. You're just flying around space and you can trade cargo if you want or whatever. But but I couldn't come up with anything for co-op. And then I would uh, did a online event, Protosynthesis, and... And all of a sudden, somebody suggested some co-op ideas or said, like, this has a very, like, Firefly feel. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and my mind just started going and they suggested a couple things. And my mind went from there. And I was like, I might just design, like, use the same map and design a completely different game and do a Kickstarter that has a competitive, this competitive game and then this co-op game have no real similarities other than the map and the planets rotating oh that sounds really cool but that's that's a nice option though isn't it if you can if you can sort of show that uh, you've designed it in such a way that both are strong um i think that would do quite well like on as a kickstarter yeah i Cause... i think it would oh, i would hope i guess yeah because <laughs> that that sort of ties in a lot to um the other one of the sort of darker elements of kickstarter isn't it? is there's a very strong um I don't want to say entitlement because that's too strong, but like when you put up a game, there's always a lot of comments about, you know, oh, I, I would back this if it did this, or can you add this, mm -hmm. or I don't like this, could you take that out kind of like uh, comments. Um, and that's that's both good and bad. I quite like the uh, the concept of like the sort of give and take and back and forth, but there's always going to be a, a, a small number of people that would want you to put in something that would either completely change what you're trying to go for with your project or create uh sort of situations like you know oh it would be cool if this these were minis instead of this and it's and you just think oh i could try that and then suddenly like the whole cost thing just spirals <laughs> spirals yeah. out completely absolutely yeah so that's full circle we're going back to kickstarter again I know. <laughs> oh i tell you what i tell you what okay so taking it back to co-op games have you seen a game called um nino kuni 2 the board game no I um haven't. so that's that's my current inspiration is like because uh, we, we played it quite recently it's it's a completely co-op board game based on the video game of the same name um and the idea of like you have to go and on these quests but the quests have like rewards that are uh sort of randomized among the cards but then the monsters that you have to beat to get the quest finished they're also randomized so you end up with these sort of very unusual situations where there might be um, a really tough monster but with a really pants reward that you just don't want to do but mm. they balance that with like um this quest you have to use three minis uh, sorry three um characters to attempt it um whereas this one only requires one hence why the reward is so bad um or, or less than the rest and it's it's we we played it it's it's a relatively sort of straightforward co-op so that was quite nice in that respect and i am looking forward to trying it with um with my daughter because i think she'd be able to pick up some of it but the idea like that you can have a co-op that is nicely nicely and it doesn't have to have lots of teeth and it can still feel like a, a fun enjoyable experience i think that's that's something i i always struggle with is that it's, it's the um it's the painter thing again you know i always want to add one more bit one more <laughs> complication or wrinkle <laughs> to it yeah. so um it was just nice to have to play a game that was well presented um not overly taxing brain wise but still enjoyable like you got to the end and you felt oh, oh yeah we've accomplished something here we've thought these things through um and i remember you mentioning that you were you're sort of very into your video games um hence why i thought 
um, thought of mentioning it because it is, uh, I don't know, j- sort of Japanese RPG, I think it was. Yeah, I remember I, I, when you said the name, I, was, I instantly thought, I'm pretty sure that's a video game, so I don't know what the board <laughs> game is. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I got a reaction a lot, actually. I put it up on uh, one of the sort of Facebook groups, like, you know, a picture of like, oh, look what I'm playing, you know. <laughs> Anybody got any tips? <laughs> um, sort of thing. And, then, <laughs> you know, instantly everyone was like, I didn't even know this existed. I'm going to go buy a copy now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, that's so, what I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm going to go look at this this sounds amazing it's yeah, it's pretty good it's got absolutely gorgeous um I've, I've got a horrible feeling that um the company that made it basically put it out there and kind of uh not not left it to flounder but just sort of went right we've got other things to get on with now we're going to go back you know sort other projects but no really charming really nice friendly <laughs> easygoing co-op that's so, cool yeah well outside of board games and i guess we know a little bit of other nerdy things you do what other things do you like to do uh well i'm a bit of a video gamer as well not um not as bad not as big as i used to be i used to love like long epic massive games like final fantasy 7 was the one that really got me into sort of uh oh, video same. gaming yeah yeah <laughs> oh fantastic yeah it was oh amazing it was the we bought a i, I remember it vividly because it was I'd just been given control of my own, my own bank account, essentially. You know, we my, my parents are sort of, you know, set up bank accounts for us all and were trickling money into them over time. And then at some point they said, right, you can have your own bank account. You can control it. You can spend the money out of it. It's up to you. And I remember that happening. And the same summer, the there was a deal for like a, a PlayStation, a, a PSX, it was, with Final Fantasy VII and I can't remember what the other game was some other like shoot 'em up kind of game and uh-huh. i cycled for like 45 minutes into our you know into the the local town <laughs> to go <come> in <laughs> to buy this thing and i cycled back again and me and my brothers were all excited and we got it set up and after dinner you know we played it for hours and hours and hours and it was only after we'd gotten i think it was about four hours into final fantasy 7 that we um found out that this particular pack of stuff didn't come with a memory card so <laughs> So we were like, oh no! So we had to start it all over. I had to cycle into town the next day, buy a memory oh. card, cycle all the way back again. <laughs> it was, oh my goodness! It was amazing. But oh man, what a game! Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, uh, that's the one that got me into video gaming. And then, you know, over the years, things started getting in the way, and um, <laughs> life life happened, and I couldn't play these long video games anymore. So. It's, games got shorter and shorter uh until sort of very recently i realized i'm more into like the uh what would you call them like castlevanias like the metroidvania style games oh yeah yeah so um that's more my jam now what have you been so, playing uh recently i well i say i just finished haven't finished it but uh hades i really got into hades oh, on the switch man. um that was fantastic have you played it yourself no i was gonna buy it when it was on sale and then i missed the sale somehow so oh, no. I was like, oh, and I generally don't, I don't play the switch all that often, but I, I, that's only on the switch. So I feel like I have to, well, I think it's <laughs> on the computer too, but I don't play on I, the computer. No, I'm the, I'm the same. I've got steam, but it's just for tabletop simulator. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Literally the only thing I use is tabletop simulator on there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, I tell you what, the switch was an absolute, like, perfect storm really I, I bought it just before um britain sort of started going into a lot of lockdowns uh-huh. uh, and it was very much kind of like 
this is it this is my gaming console because we we haven't we've only got one tv in the whole house so i've got an old oh. ps4 attached to that and it's like you can't use it all i can use it for is disney plus now for the kids <laughs> so, wow you know it's very much you know just sits there looking at me i think the last thing i played on that was event not event horizon that's the movie <laughs> uh what was it called ah well, main character's called aloy yeah, isn't that Horizon? Is, is that Event Horizon? Now I can't. That's all I can think of. That's all right. Is it just called Horizon? Horizon, Horizon. Dawn? Yes, that's it. Horizon okay. Zero Dawn. Yep, that's it. Zero. Got there it. We go. we got there it. we go. We got there in the end. Between us, we, we managed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I played that. That was phenomenal. That was a very good game. But again, it was very much, you know, stolen moments whenever I could get the TV to myself. Kind of yeah. So, uh, yeah, Marriage really bites into your game time how it you consider does. it <laughs> i know they're terrible um so the switch as I said, <laughs> was an absolute godsend i play it 99 percent of the time is um the undocked play um yeah handheld type. exactly yeah so it, and it's really good for that i was surprised that the the size of the screen is just just big enough for my uh my terrible eyes to be able to see what's going on um it certainly is nice, like, and I I like the concept, but for whatever reason, I just don't generally get into the games, and I always play it docked, and I'm like, maybe I'll play it more if I start getting in the habit of playing it uh, handheld. Maybe it's it's just one of those things like I can literally disappear off to any room in the house. Although unfortunately yeah. now my daughter is getting into video. I say unfortunately, I love it, oh. it's brilliant, but she's um, she keeps disappearing with it. So, like, <laughs> I'll come back to the dock and just find it completely missing. And then a couple of hours later, it's back in the dock, but it's got like, I don't know, dust or not, what do you call it? Like finger grease, you know, that way she's been eating something. (laughs) It's just like, um, and she's not the most delicate of individuals in terms of like looking after things. So I don't know. Have you you ever heard a a switch creak? Shudders. Oh, absolute shudders. Yeah. Where where she's just pressing things too hard or like twisting it in her hands, like to try and steer around corners and things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I might need new Joy-Cons very soon. Oh, boy. (laughs) But no, it's it's really nice. It's good to see her getting into like, like she's basically following the same trajectory I had with like video games and then board games and then everything nerdy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't have any kids, but my nephew, uh, this was pre-pandemic. Oh my gosh, time blurs together. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I was over at my brother's house and and he was watching my nephew and and we were like, well, let's play Fallout the board game. And so we started doing that and he's like, I want to play. And we're like, okay, yeah, like it'll essentially be us playing, but you know, he'll we'll make him feel like he's playing. Hmm. And like a quarter of the way into it, he was he knew exactly what he was doing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Like, what in the world? Like, you're making tactical decisions and and making good decisions. And it was it was absolutely crazy. Oh, amazing! It's lovely when they do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right? Okay, kid gloves are off. We are going to play this. <laughs> yeah. So I started getting him like little board games that he could play at home with his parents. And, and uh, Marvel United comes next week, and I'm like so excited to play with him. Uh, oh fantastic that is that the one with the the sort of chibi headed yeah or... oh fantastic yeah so he loves marvel and i'm like this is going to be the perfect game because like it is somewhat strategic and and uh but it's very family friendly so perfect ideal yeah. have you gotten your kids into any board games yet 
Uh, a few. Um, do you know? Oh, what were they called? I've got one. There's one called Saikatsu with uh, by Isaac Shalev. That one was really good. Um, I it, heard it, of that it, one. It's uh, so it's it's a tile layer. So the idea is like you've each got. Uh, it's like set in a Japanese garden. Um, and the concept is that you draw tiles from a bag and they've got flowers and birds on them. And when you place them, you score the birds. But at the end of the game, you score the flowers in the rows from like which, whichever side of the board you're, you're on. So you're like, if you imagine like I was the top right corner, so I would be facing down the board that way, but someone else would be the other corner. So they'd be facing the board a different way. Mm-hmm. And you score based on the number of flowers in the rows. Oh, wow. So, so, yeah, so it sort of teaches you like tactical thinking in the moment and then also strategic planning ahead. And uh, my daughter really got into it, mostly mostly because it's like very big and chunky and quite quick to play. Uh-huh. But uh, she really started like fi- she started to figure out she started sort of questioning why I was getting these sort of like high scores and hers were sort of 20 behind. And I think the last couple of games, it's been she's beaten me by like a couple of points because she's started to figure out those patterns and like, well, it's not going to score me much here, but at the end of the game. Sort of <laughs> so uh, yeah, she's really into those. Um, and then like the classic, um, she's seen some of the other games and pulled all the bits out and wandered off with them, kind of. Thing. <laughs> so, yeah, just like the look of them. Um, uh, we were really oh, sorry. I collected a load of the the sort of Crossmaster Arena figurines. Um, I had a whole load of those. They're very kind of like chibi and kid friendly, and yeah. uh, a couple of the heads are now missing, but <laughs> it's okay, you know. There's glue and pins I can figure out. <laughs> so, That's very good, Dad, of you. Like very accepting. <laughs> uh, you, yeah. <laughs> as long as she doesn't like uh, chew them, it's okay. Well, she's way beyond that now, but <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, my son though, he's uh, he's a different story. His favorite thing, there's oh man, it was a, a Kickstarter from a while ago, and it turned up it was um, oh you can probably say it's sense of theme here. I love robot games, and it was basically uh, Armored Core from the PS1 days as a oh, as wow. a board game. Yeah, um, what was it called? So Do you know? I can find out for you. Or have I done it? Oh, it's there. Mech Commander RTS. They had to. It was originally called Armored Core, but there was some licensing. Food snafu, and they ended up having to change it. Um, but is it's got loads of like the sort of chassis and legs and arms, and you can interchange them and that kind of thing. Oh, wow. But it's uh, it's completely real time, and they they the way they work around it is to have each of your uh, mechs is sat on a base with a, an LED light of a different color, so you can tell like line of sight is basically are you illuminating this other guy? Yes. Okay. You can shoot them. That kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and the, the, there's like, I think I got four colors and then there was like a base game that came with it, a white and a purple color as well. So there's basically loads of these little led torches in there that are all different colors. And his favorite thing is, Oh, the robot game, dad, you know, and he wants to run in and he grabs all the torches, like throws all the robots everywhere, grabs the torches and he's just running around the room, shining lights at everything. <laughs> It's like the weirdest thing. It's like, you know, I don't know why. Lights, torches, anything that lights up, he's all over it. Yeah. But, but the robot stuff, he's like, yeah, whatever, that'll do. <laughs> that is fascinating. That. The oh, robots okay. are the cool part. The robots. Exactly. Yeah, I'm there going, no. <laughs> why are there robot bits because it's got magnets and everything you know all the cool nerdy things oh, that make me go oh yeah i can now you know i can change this arrangement and stick this guy to this thing and oh that's fantastic but no he's like you know torches dad i just want lights lights everywhere kids are fascinating <laughs> so yeah 
What about yourself? What's um? Uh, I was going to say the. So your nephew, you've started buying him little board games. What uh, what would you recommend then for for a six year old? Because I've I've got a few games, but not many for that sort of age range. I got him the Funkoverse games, the which it's interesting because his parents had a really hard time understanding it. Like I, they asked me to come over and teach them all the game. And my <laughs> nephew remembered how to play it from when he played it with me. And so like he was kicking butt. He kicked his dad's butt. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, it's an interesting one. Cause it's, it has some things that I don't know if kids would grasp. And I mean, it, part of it depends on like how well they read and which I think is actually a good exercise in reading. I, I hope mm. that this helps him like final fantasy seven for you. Are you a better reader because you played fan final fantasy seven? Uh, well, I was, I think I was in my late teens by that point. So oh, okay. <laughs> I, I could already read pretty well. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I was too, but like, I didn't really read books, but I read video games. Oh yeah. So yeah, I had a lot of time for story back then as well. I don't know why what it was like the the long gaming sessions as well. <laughs> so, oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> Which, now it's very much I need to click through them as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the reasons I like the Switch uh, more for kids. Even uh, is that it? There's a lot of like reading. They don't do a lot of voiceover, hmm. and so if you play Mario, you know they have to read the the text and whatnot. So it helps them with their reading while still being entertained. And they want to get the story. That was, yeah, I probably owe most of my reading to video games. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I guess I don't have a good answer for recommendations for six year olds. Well, I'll check out the funk of it. It kind of, that sounds a lot like the Crossmaster stuff. So maybe there'll be a good crossover um, plus massive headed minis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like they could chew on that and be fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, they'll live i could probably fish that back out yeah <laughs> yeah and it's a fun theme and there's different modes which is also nice to be like it's not just the same game every time you can play like capture the flag or leaders or something you know they i don't remember what they all are but oh, okay so you can find the mode that, that is most sort of enjoyed most suitable yeah exactly and then mix and match your universes jurassic park and batman <laughs> Yeah. Oh, <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of which, did you see the the recent trailer? I don't know if you're a DC or Marvel fan as well. Um, oh, the, for, suicide, the suicide Squad. Suicide squad? Yes. <laughs> I didn't watch it yet, but is it good? Uh, the 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 trailer looks amazing. Yeah, it does look really cool. Like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there's oh. I can't remember what his name. The the shark. Um. Oh gosh! What's oh his no! Name? Why can't I remember? I read the comics and everything. And <laughs> King Shark, King Shark must have been. Yeah, he's he's basically in it, and he's he's really funny. Like he's playing this sort of you know I eat everything kind of character, and it's <laughs> oh, I yeah, love it does it. does look like a lot of fun. Because um, I remember James watching Gunn the does a good first job. one. He does. Yeah. No, I, I I don't know much of his work, but I know that he's he he's one of the more consistent ones. <laughs> so. Yeah. I guess really all I know is like Scooby-Doo and Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a revelation. That was a really good film. Like, yeah. not expecting it at all. And then you start watching it and you think, this is brilliant. This is just amazing. <laughs> exactly. Which is why I think like perfect for Suicide Squad. Yep. Sort of a, what do you call them? Um, ragtag bunch of 
misfits and unusual characters <laughs> exactly yeah cool. we yeah. were we were playing stardew valley my wife and i and i saw the trailer come out and i was like oh i want to watch this but i also like don't want to take away from our game time together <laughs> <laughs> oh is that the the board game or the oh my i wish <laughs> <laughs> ah right so you play the 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 on which where do you play that on switch or no, we played on Xbox. Xbox. Ah, okay. Yeah. Because I know the, the board game got me kind of into like thinking about, oh, should I play the video game? Because it's <laughs> it's not something I, I'd like. I've, I'm sure I used to play, uh, not Farmville. What's the one that it's based on? Or kind of like Harvest Moon? Harvest Moon, yeah. Yeah. That's what um, everyone relates it to. I never played that one. Oh, right. Okay. Um, I think I played like a real, like a really first first version of it, like really early game boy days that kind of thing oh wow yeah um so maybe game boy i can't remember now but yeah um so you enjoyed it stardew valley yeah so we actually yesterday was our first we bought it yesterday because of the board game too <laughs> <laughs> but we had played a demo like months and months ago because it was free for a weekend and we were like oh let's try this like we like minecraft and don't starve and so like maybe this will fit our style and uh and my wife absolutely hated it Oh and, no! Yeah, and I was like, "Oh man, like this." And so I was talking to her, and I'm like, "I'm pretty sure you'll like this game. Like, once you get past the learning curve, like learning curves are hard for any game." Hmm. And so she was like, "Okay, fine. Like, go ahead and buy it. It's on sale. We'll, I'll try it." And and we got past further than we did last time, and all of a sudden we both were like, "This is so good." <laughs> you just had to learn a little bit like about what we were doing and this is so fun <laughs> oh fantastic yeah. i'll keep my eye open for it then because i've I've seen it on the switch and i think it kind of um i was kind of getting animal crossing vibes from it I don't yeah know that's, yeah and that's how i sold my wife on it yesterday because i was <laughs> like you love animal crossing like think of this as like animal crossing minecraft and don't starve yeah <laughs> I forgot to mention that one, but that's the one that sold it. <laughs> ah, right, nice. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay, I'll have to check you, it out. Do you game with your kids or your wife at all? Uh, a fair bit, yeah. I mean, my my wife is my chief sort of board gaming partner at the moment. Um, yeah, she's the only one I sort of board game with <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do sort of a lot of online gaming with friends, but it tends to be stuff that's quite uh light quite family you know sort of party games so we play a lot oh, nice. of um jackbox party packs oh love them um they yeah they're good fun really enjoy those um what's the other ones uh there's some great apps as well there's an implementation of code names uh, oh really i think it's, i can't remember what it's called now it's called like horse party or horse something or other uh, and it's a really nice way to play um code names online so that's you know play a lot of that Oh. with friends um we did dabble in among us but it got a bit uh i don't know it, it, the first few games were okay um as you said like the learning curve was the thing you know it was very much trying to figure out where where is stuff who do i kill what, what's going on here? yeah how do you do each task <laughs> exactly and uh we figured all that out and then there was a there was a period in the middle where it was like oh this is great really enjoying this and now it's very much kind of on the sort of the downslope it's the bit afterwards where you kind of like oh i've kind of seen it all no you kind of know what's going on done with mm -hmm. this now <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> so uh yeah that one kind of fell by the wayside same um, story here for that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we actually that one we my uh 
my nephew, the same nephew, loves that game. And so for for uh, Thanksgiving over here, he made us all download it on our phones. And so we had the just did a full server of ten of us, and oh wow, <laughs> and we played Among Us. <laughs> I was like, that was really really fun. And so we started playing it a lot more, and and then it eventually gave just. Yeah, peaked, I guess. It was like, all right, we're good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've seen everything we need to see here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going on a little side thing, but uh, Invincible, have you heard of that comic series? And Oh, I've or... heard of the comic series. Did they recently announce like an Amazon Prime Yeah, it just series? aired like two days ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And I started watching it and I was expecting it to be more like a I don't know, different kind of animation, but it, it's very much like anime style uh, yeah, animation. And I thought that was an interesting choice. And I, I like, I have a hard time describing the difference between the two, but when you watch it, you're like, oh, this feels like an anime. <laughs> so, oh, cool. Kind of cool, but I recommend it if, well, don't watch it around your kids, I guess, but. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, okay. It's, it's up there, is it? Oh. So yeah. we, we are talking sort of more like 18 plus. Yeah, it's violent and and cursing. I don't you guys have different rules on cursing over there, so I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there there are levels like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's certain things you just cannot say. Um Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check it out cuz it did intrigue me. I think I saw like a trailer where there was two there's like a father and son they were playing baseball or something or throwing the yeah. ball to each other. But they were around like throwing it around the world. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like that's so cool. But then, like instantly, my thought was, but what if they hit something? They can't see everything. <laughs> like, yeah, like even if you have super far vision, your vision doesn't curve with the the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, not sure. There's probably like a few skyscrapers or like a couple of airplanes that have just been brought down by these two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't so, think uh, about this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> They're horrible heroes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I would just drive around the world. That'd be fine. That'd be okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So, but um, there's been quite a few of those sort of anime style things going on. I think they recently did like Castlevania as well, didn't they? Um, oh yeah, I didn't watch that one yet. Uh, I, I know I, it's a little I, older now, but it's a bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's very good. I remember watching the first series. Um, I also remember feeling very sick because I was in the house. Basically, I was in the house on my own at the time. Uh, oh. My 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 wife and the kids had gone off to the grandparents for a, a few days, and I was I still had to work. So I remember, as you know, typical revert to bachelor mode. I just ordered pizza <laughs> and ate far too much pizza. <laughs> like, so I'm sat there absolutely stuffed on the sofa, just watching this thing go. This is a really good anime, but I don't feel very well. <laughs> like, but anyway, um, yeah, no, that was very good. I remember watching the first series of that and thinking that was very well done. Um, there's another one as well, but I'm trying to remember. It was another video game converted to anime style that was on Netflix, but it wasn't as it wasn't as well polished. I can't remember what it is now. Um, that'll come back to me later, probably. But yeah, uh, I'm very intrigued. There seems to be more and more of these sort of crossovers and anime and things like that coming to uh, places like Netflix, but it's still struggling. I feel to like hit the mainstream. Yeah. There's been several several like ideas i've pitched to to people like you know my fellow designers and stuff like that where they've just gone anime though <laughs> so um you yeah, guys could like be the one to bring it in the mainstream 
Oh, that would be fantastic. I think, was it level 99 games and Japanime games are doing a fantastic job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll just let them do it. I'll just, I'll pitch stuff to them and see what they, <laughs> see what they There you think. go, yeah. Are, go, you a, are you exclusive to, or can are you still have some independence that you could pitch around? Well, this is, this is what's been a bit odd, is that we... I originally thought of like Tinkerbot games as we were going to be very family friendly, light to midweight kind of games. Um, mm-hmm. And then a lot of the stuff I've been sort of designing recently has been a bit heavier, a bit more serious um, in terms of like the age ranges and um, themes and content. And it's led me down the route of, yes, I should probably try pitching some of these out, um, you know, and seeing if we can not create other revenue streams as it were but like create a situation where we are still getting out there like we still have games going onto shelves they may not be ours they may not have like tinkerbot games on them but yeah. i just love the idea of like a really heavy euro with robots and stuff in it and that uh, another company with a bit more money behind them and a bit more marketing and experience because we're we're still sort of relatively new in terms yeah. of what we can achieve uh, we don't have huge budgets and we're very much kind of like a two-man two-man operation done done as a hobby yeah (laughs) so i think i think the pitching side of it is uh where we're trying to go with a lot of our recent stuff i hear when pitching games that a lot of times they want to change the theme or you give up like a lot of creative control Hmm. and that scares me yeah i've heard that too i I had a a previous uh, so my first foray into pitching was 2000 19 i think it was at a games at the uk games expo it was my wow. first sort of like you know meeting people who are not my friends <laughs> and trying to sell them an idea uh-huh. um and i remember getting like getting a game to some people and they were really excited and they took a, a copy away no they didn't yes they did no they I, eventually they ended up with a copy of it anyway um of a, a game that i had about sort of this is the back to the golems again <laughs> sort of golems <laughs> wandering around a magical factory uh, and you have to charge them up and um whenever they have too much charge they discharge themselves but they they have like abilities that means that you know when they discharge they become more efficient next time that kind of thing oh okay. um weird stuff like that um, that's really cool that's a unique it's it's weird <laughs> i'll give it that um but they 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 had a copy and they play tested it and the feedback i got was there was too much uh development required to make this a proper game and it wasn't quite their sort of style of game and mm. and that kind of thing but what was interesting was like one of the pieces of feedback was the theme they just did not like the theme at all um <gasps> they thought magical golems was a bit i don't know twee i guess i'm not sure um and one of them wanted to turn it into like a Chernobyl theme and i was trying to think how that would work it'd be pretty crazy but yeah yeah it's it would be tricky like if you fell in love with an idea and a concept and you hand it across to somebody and they go yeah we like all of this except i'm going to rip all of this off (laughs) and this mechanic that you thought was like you know the root of the game i'm going to take that out and put something else in there Um, it's like my baby yeah Yeah, you gotta. I, I don't know. I, I guess that's maybe the difference between like amateur and professional is like the professionals who have to pump out lots of games to make sure they're getting enough sort of a, a big enough revenue stream to continue mm-hmm. to be professional and do it full time. Um, I guess you have to grow a not a thick skin, but a a detachment, I suppose, from your ideas that lets you just sort of say, "Yep, your developer wants to completely gut this thing. Do it. Just do it." Yeah, um, and that's what my mentor has a couple games 
most of them, most of his games, he says, I don't have an attachment to my theme. Like I, I put a theme on there, but I, you know, the developers will, or the publisher will probably want to change it. So I don't, it doesn't bother me, but his one game that he's, it, and it's a fantastic game. I played it. It's super great. And I think the theme is super charming. It's called Java, Java Dragons. So you're serving coffee to dragons. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that but sounds really nice. He says that publishers just won't pick it up because of the theme. And he's he doesn't want to let go of that theme because it is a very charming theme. And, and it works very well within the mechanics. Like it blends together perfectly. And he said, but he's having a heck of a hard time. And I think, man, how how do people not love that? Like that's so <laughs> unique. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's strange, isn't it? I mean, I guess that's why Kickstarter became such an attractive route for people was that you could put up the weird and wonderful ideas that, you know, the the publishers would constantly sort of go over the top of. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or, as you said, just strip the theme off. And, you know, you get the opportunity to just be completely in control, you know, proper control freak everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's like, don't rip the legs off of my baby and replace yeah. them with spider legs. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah exactly and i've got this weird spider baby hybrid just crawling around the floor and i'm i'm totally ashamed of it now it's a mess yeah. i can't reach reach it when it goes on the ceiling oh. <laughs> yeah. don't get me started about the webs oh my days oh, um, goodness. <laughs> oh man that would be the worst in this house my uh all my family apart from myself are very sort of arachnophobic <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it'll be game over um burn the house down uh Oh. yeah it's it's tricky um and i guess that's that's one thing i've got to sort of try and get over myself actually if i want to want to continue trying to pitch these things out is um just saying yeah no do what you like with it burn it burn the theme off if you like you know yeah I think that you know that would be fine i mean i don't know if so i think for me it would be more sort of down to the mechanic side if someone took a, a mechanic and completely revamped that I think that's maybe where I would start to get a little bit kind of antsy. Um, yeah. Does Gino do much with the uh, mechanics or give you feedback on that type of stuff early on? Uh, yeah. So we, we used to play test together a lot in the beginning. Uh, that kind of waned a bit when we ended up separating, like in terms of like distance. Um, and this was before sort of TTS was a big thing and we could sort of play test remotely. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, he, he very much kind of like helps to veto stuff and say, you know, this is a stupid idea. This is a great idea. Let's do that one. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's very useful in that respect. <laughs> Sorry. That's but, good. Um, yeah, we, yeah, without making him sound like he's some sort of like, <laughs> I don't know, some dude, I just pull out of a cupboard and say, what do you think of this? He goes, it's fine. Uh, put it back. <laughs> You're like, do um, the yeah. business stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've presented you with perfection. Now make it work. <laughs> sell. Ah, oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, just press the sell button on Gino's ear and just go on, sort that out. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he also tries to design a few things himself as well. I say try. He does He does design <laughs> other things as well. There's, it's uh, cute how he tries yeah. to design it. <laughs> I know I made that sound awful. No, he's he he designs things as well. Yeah. Um we in fact it's funny. We when we first we were friends before uh we got into designing and uh, a publishing company together. Uh we met through sort of medieval archery of all the weirdest things in the world. Oh. Um so we we I used to be a, a medieval reenactor uh, and Ooh. I had like, you know, like the clothes and the swords and the longbow was like my favorite thing. Um I had a sort of 6 foot long bow and all that malarkey. Wow. 
uh, and he he was um, it turned out that he was even more into archery than I was. Like he had like all the stuff he had like, <laughs> and that's how we met. Like he he came, he his group found our group, and we just sort of bonded over longbows. Um, wow. <laughs> we became friends that way. And it was later on that we uh, both entered the same competition for a, a redesign competition. So we were given a game. I can't remember what it was called. Wilderness or something like that. But it was about cavemen sort of wandering around landscapes trying not to get killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were given the game, all the components except for the rule book, and said, right, redesign this into something completely different. Um, the top five games from our judging will go to the finals and they can play test it at the UK Games Expo um, and show it off to people. And then the ultimate winner will be given a publishing contract with... Um, I can't remember the company now, but essentially we, 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 I entered it as a solo and a couple of my, they also entered it as a, as like a, like a duo is another chap called Tony who also entered. Um, and we both made it into the finals. Both of our games got in there. So we were kind of like, you know, we all knew each other. So we all started helping each other out, you know, play testing each other's stuff and um, setting up cool tables and props and stuff like that to try and make the play tests go a bit smoother. Um, and it was after that that we kind of got the bug. Like it was, we we didn't win. We came runner up, and we we both decided that was really fun. We should do more stuff like that. And <laughs> we uh, that's 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 what started it off. Um, wow, that is so wild. It was it was crazy. Like we, within like a few months, we were just very much we want to do this. Neither of those games saw the light of day. They were both uh, shelved <laughs> in the end. <laughs> Um, because my the game that we eventually you know the first game that we published Ghostal was at that time it was with a publisher for consideration uh, who was a friend of mine but unfortunately he wasn't able to make it happen essentially uh, and it mm. came back to me and we just went well should we just start with this one because our publisher has already said you know they really enjoyed it this it gives us a little bit of kind of uh, not credence, but oh, what's the right word like we we knew that there was interest like you know people would play it yeah so that's the one we ran with unfortunately we were very successful with that and we managed to get started and then we did nothing for four years five years <laughs> you just coasted on your sweet victory right exactly boxes of games everywhere now <laughs> no, it was um yeah it, and then you know as i probably mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that was when life hit and yeah everything took a turn and uh, now i'm uh, just designing as many things as possible <laughs> in fact i tell you what that was one if there's one piece of advice i would definitely tell anybody that is looking to go into the kickstarter thing and make it a, a big you know continue to do it like do it consistently is make sure you've got a second game ready to go before you release the first one. <laughs> oh, really so yeah the, the big mistake that we made was we did go still we released it and then afterwards um we had nothing like we had we had several games that we wanted to produce but none of them were at a stage where we felt comfortable getting artwork and uh finalizing them they were all very much still in the play testing tweaking phase huh. uh, and and unfortunately that led to the situation that we were in where um we had nothing we had no no games in the hopper nothing to release next so we couldn't follow up on the success of coast ghostal and then yeah and then real life as i said kids wives houses that kind of thing um all took over and uh that's when we kind of lost the thread so oh well you're yeah. getting back at it 
F fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, we probably picked the worst time in the world to try <laughs> and start <laughs> start repitching games when people are unfortunately having a lot of extra stresses in their lives and um, people are losing their jobs, they're losing their livelihoods. They're it, it's not a great time. I mean, it, yeah, it's not not the perfect time. Like playtesting has been an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Oh, I bet. But I do think it is the perfect time in a sense where, you know, financially, unfortunately, a lot of us are struggling and, and that's okay. That's life and hard times, but, but we need that escape. And so I think a lot of Kickstarters are, are funding pretty well, surprisingly well, because it's like, oh, life is so hard. Like I need this release. <laughs> I know board games have been like, I was obsessed with board games before and it's just gotten worse during the pandemic because it's, <laughs> Ah, my my foundation of fun. <laughs> oh, but maybe maybe we missed something there. Maybe that that's another thing. That's another thing we need to learn. <laughs> another <laughs> lesson is we need to find those people that are like, ah, oh, I need more Kickstarter in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there's too many Kickstarters that ah, look right. amazing, but but you might be better off. I mean, yeah. By the time you guys launch at the end of this year, hopefully things are. You actually, this may even be even better because people will hopefully be recovering and and on the up and in a in a better place financially, and and then all of a sudden your game comes out and they're like, hey, I have money to spend. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll just have to see see how it goes. Well, we went a little over. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a fun time trying to edit this down, but I might make oh, it just a long episode. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's fun. I, I was getting carried away and enjoying myself and you enjoying this conversation. <laughs> that's that's fortunate. Yeah, I wouldn't want to come on here and uh, bore the pants off you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was so bored. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> to all of your listeners, I'm so sorry. I'm so very sorry. <laughs> Listen, I won't let this happen again, guys. I promise. Come back <laughs> next week. <laughs> yep. It'll be better. Well, no. <laughs> um, no. Uh, do you have anything to plug? Uh, apart from the Kickstarter coming in October? Unfortunately not. No. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, if folks want to head over to Tinkerbot Games on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, we'd love to have you. Uh, we have lots of pictures coming up of some of the new things. Uh, we're getting loads of new artwork, as I said, for Haunted Culture Sorted, including uh, a shape-shifting werewolf and a gold-digging skeleton. <laughs> so it's all a bit, uh, a bit weird. Yeah. So, um, oh, and if memory serves, we may have some sneak peeks of the possible Kickstarter exclusive, which is uh, we're hoping... Fingers crossed, and this is probably the first time I've announced this, we're hoping to include a 3D printed miniature of the Scarecrow from the Scarecrow expansion. Um, and it's this awesome, creepy looking dude with like, you know, his arms and his arms are like on this little cross thing and he's holding a scythe behind him and got this cool, wicked looking grin. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So everywhere, everywhere there's Tinkerbot games, you can find us. Perfect. Until next week. Just keep enjoying yourselves. I don't have an outro. I don't know how I've done several episodes and not come up with an outro yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just come back and listen next week, okay? Thanks. Oh, and if you have people that you want us to want me, I don't. Bevan's going to come back and he's going to do interviews from now on. Um, <laughs>
Thank you for listening. You can catch me on Twitter at NerdOutWithUs. And if there is somebody that you would like to hear on the show, get to know better throughout the board game community, anyone, no matter how big, no matter how small, I'll ask them to come on. If it's you, even better, because then I don't have to ask them to come on. You're asking to come on. I'll take you. Uh, you can DM me or at me on Twitter at NerdOutWithUs. Until next week, do the board game. Do the board game. Thank you.